T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's home for every game of Chicago Cubs baseball. It's got a chance! And Chicago Bulls basketball. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. In Odyssey Station. The Score! Bye-bye. Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. Who's On tomorrow's show, Pat Tomasulo will be on the show. I'm looking forward. He's got his uh, his hour, his stand-up is ready, is ready to rock and roll. So be talking with Pat about that and a lot of other things. Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo Privacy Simplified. And transition is being brought to you by my realtor, Amy Kite of Keller Williams Realty Infinity. Parkins and Spiegel are in the house. They are going to walk you up to Bulls basketball today on the score. And it better be better than what we saw last night. That's a low bar. <laughs> that, is, that is a low bar for the Chicago Bulls uh, to clear. Glad you're talking to Pat. Uh, I think we're having him on on Friday. And he said to Speaks and I, like a month or two when we had him on, he's like, just so you know, whenever that special comes on, I'm going on every show, every podcast, I'm doing everything. Because, man, like that, 10 years, 10 years of his life into one special. And I was at the taping. It's awesome. Yeah. So good. And uh, I said it to Pat, and I didn't mean it to say, and I prefaced it with, like, I don't mean for this to sound condescending, but I know That's that it kind of does. It's immediately what I was thinking of, Danny, is when you said that, and he was thoroughly condescended to. But I know it's not what you meant, and and he knew it wasn't what I meant because he said it's happened before. It happens all the time because people know him from the news or whatever. But like, it is really good. Like it's it's like a professional. Like if Bill Burr put it out, you know what I mean, and it had that name recognition, and it had Netflix's production budget behind it, you'd be like, oh yeah, someone just paid that dude five million bucks. For that special. Yeah, like Joey Via Gomez it, with it, Bill Burr. It was Shout out to Joey. Yeah, what you said, Danny, was it was better than I expected. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I but I swear he, he I know you didn't mean he, it. And I, he I, knows he what I mean. It. Like it's, yes. it's a guy that you know and you're like, wow, look at this. Him getting all of the production that you would expect from a comedian that you didn't know. And you think so of it tight. as a side gig, man. You think of it as a side gig. Like, how could he possibly be that good at it 
when he's got he's got a TV life and he's got everything else. Sometimes I, I, sometimes you're good at a couple things. I believe you know? Anna has is like she's doing stand up now for the first time in Spanish. It's pretty crazy wow. like the amount of talent that they have on that morning show where you've got Pat and Anna as working stand up comedians. Paul has a background in theater. Like it's it's pretty awesome they're they're awesome and it's a great show and i guess i just also mean like the craft of the comedy it was so tight like it was it was a tight just, 60 a, it, what it was like a tight 80 it was just it was perfect man like it was a very manicured polished professional you would have thought it was his fifth special and it wasn't it, it's just it's a very impressive accomplishment well he the, the one of the advantages that he has is that He's not uncomfortable in front of a camera. And a lot of comedians struggle with that. Like sure. putting your set together and and not being comfortable with the TV part of it. He's at least got that advantage. And I mean, like Mike Toomey over there, another great stand-up locally. They've got a lot of people over there that have been working the side circuits yeah. uh, of, of getting stuff done from a comedic standpoint. So I'm, I'm really happy for Pat. Like he works extremely hard and as someone who is his fill-in when he is not available for for the morning shows i i get it like i i can see that that i don't know how he's done this because it's not like there are a lot of places where you can go and do stand-up sets in the middle of the day the <laughs> fact that that he is no, he's, on he a grinds morning show every weekend and then and then is out at night working on stuff Pretty impressive. Yeah. Shout it's, out to Man of the People, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. We've talked about that before, too. Like, that undertaking was such a big swing, and he was so under-resourced yeah. to try to pull off a 30-minute weekly comedy show. He was trying to show. do it all by himself, too. You know, like, yeah. he, he really... He re- like I think it's a success that it even got on the air. Of course, and and it's hard sometimes. Like I was thinking about I was thinking about Bomani's show last night. I yeah, was, I, I watched it episode three with Roy, our our friend, yeah, Roy Wood Jr. was on there, and it was great. And I kept thinking, like I don't know if HBO is going to pick it up for a second season. I just know that it's incredible that he got that opportunity, and I I'm so glad. Like my eye was on point. Because after the first episode, I asked Bo, I said, you're going to get a live audience? And I think that the live audience the last two weeks has actually made a big difference in, in this. And it, it's so exciting when you see people that you know have worked really hard get an opportunity and then do well with the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, that that's just an incredible platform and the the resources that are behind it and the whole thing. Like, it is... Yeah. It, it is it is surreal to see, you know, five people ever in sports have really had an HBO show. So wait, Gumble, Costas, Buck, Joe, Buck, and Simmons. I forgot about Bill Simmons' show. And so, and so, two are mega hits, right? Costas and Gumble, mega hits, and two weren't Simmons and Buck, but they're still titans of the industry. Who got the shot? And it's no one says, "Oh man, Joe Buck, lesser of a talent because his HBO show didn't work." So like maybe it'll work for Bo, and he'll get sixty episodes instead of six, or maybe it won't. But like when you're in a group photo with those four dudes, pretty to, good. It's incredible. 
it's a lifetime accomplishment. So yeah, man, I'm I'm thr- I'm thrilled for that. Dude. Congratulations to Pat. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't see that Roy Wood Jr. was on this week. I Episode gotta, three. I, I got to go back and, and and watch that. It's really he, good. They talk about his baseball career. Yeah. And and him wanting to uh, walk on at FAMU uh-huh. as a baseball player and, and thinking because FAMU, every now and again it happens where we see it in football where you're like, oh, it's a HBCU, historically black college university. And like, they got a white quarterback. That's interesting. And Roy saw that with the baseball team. He's like, I got a shot. And then he didn't realize a lot of the kids from the South that didn't get D1 scholarships were walking on at HBCUs, and he was running into really, really good players. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a fantastic – like the whole piece that he did on HBCUs and how they're gaining some popularity and then being a graduate from one and talking about the things that they need – it's really, really well done. And uh, Bo's mom pops up on the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Roy, Roy likes to say that the highlight of his baseball career was his walk-off dropped third strike in seventh grade, uh, I believe. That, that was the he, biggest he moment said, of his he baseball He said in life. high school, when he talked about it with Bo, and Bo was just looking at him like, you did what? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's his baseball lead. Uh, he was going to come on with us yesterday, was Roy, but he was shooting a Marvel commercial uh, all day long. So, busy man, doing cooler things than us. So it goes. He's a good man and thorough. And thorough. Yeah, I guess the Marvel commercial probably pays better than the free radio spot. You think so? Just a yeah. little. I would, yeah, I would think that was a good choice for him. Uh, I, I heard it. I was hanging out outside the studio. I did not hear all of it, Lawrence. You were very passionate about the White Sox in the segment before we came on. We, uh, The text line is celebrating you. What was the... Is it, is it Tony's comments yeah, that has everyone? Yeah, it's, okay. ri- it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, it's like, silly. This is part of the reason that I didn't want him as the manager of the White Sox. The condescension not, he drips with. Not all of it, but part of it. Yeah, him being the baseball police. Yeah, like the the it's like bringing the baseball police here, and the idea that that the White Sox fans that are a, a passionate bunch, we want the team to be good. We mm-hmm. like it, this this idea of well, we are, my team's on the floor. Like that's basically what he told us about right field. So so the goal wasn't to get better this offseason. And my my real issue, and I'm I'm glad that you brought it up because I ran out of time. Then don't complain at the end of the season like your ass did last year, when when the front office actually did try to make your team better by giving you both Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell, and then at the end of it, when you, the Hall of Fame manager, couldn't figure out how to make it work, then you were like, well, you know, he's better suited as as being a ninth inning guy. Guess who had some say over that? Yeah, Guess sure. you could have actually done something about that. You, Mr. Yeah. Hall of Fame baseball manager. But you know what he ends up really complaining about? He complains about the other team being dirty, and he complains about the umpiring. And that's the ugly note that he goes out on, is pushing against the others, because he wouldn't dare push against his own, wouldn't really dare push against ownership, that's for sure. Maybe the front office will get it. Well, that's, that's what I felt he was doing with the Craig Kimbrell stuff speech. Well, yeah, well, and, and, and you're probably right, because here's the thing. Everybody knows who he's empowered by. Everybody knows who he speaks for, including the people who don't like 
when he speaks for ownership. When he speaks Shadow for the GM entire Tony LaRusa. Yeah, absolutely. So when he says that and, and and is the baseball police, it comes with so much more loaded ugliness because you know that he is emboldened from the very top. And so anytime that he might offend you or insult you with garbage like that, it's going to feel like ownership is insulting you right now. And right now, White Sox fans feel pretty damn insulted when they see moves happen, like like this joke of a move today, which feels like, it just feels so familiar to so many like scrap heap grabs this weak-ass pro scouting department has done in recent off-seasons. And Let, really, let's go get the guy with the first-round pedigree, and maybe we can squeeze something out of Hey, him. here's a 25-year-old post-hype sleeper who his original team doesn't even want anymore. That's great. Let's go give that guy a shot. Maybe we can get something out of him. How are you going to do that with your, uh, your coaching advancements and your high-end techniques? that clearly gets the most out of everybody no you don't have any of that in place you're just wishing and a hoping joe girardi said he's a great change of scenery candidate and that's the only thing the white Sox will bring to it here you go here's a new place try the same exact crap you've been trying and let's see if it works better here it's so so weak and adds to a really ugly offseason again yeah it's so. not a great offseason but we called last offseason ugly because of the Tony stuff. Like, there was some ugliness around that. This is at least baseball allocation of resources, difference of opinion. This is like a normal, disgruntled fan base baseball offseason. It is, but usually the manager isn't against the team getting better. It, sure. It, yes. And listen, I'm sure on some level you would take every player. The, the, where I find myself in a weird spot on this one is I. I'm pretty convinced they're going to be hyper-aggressive at the deadline as a buyer. And I actually agree that early in the season, especially given how comfortably better you are than everyone else in your division, that there is some value in seeing where you really have the biggest holes, I thought they were adding a starting pitcher. They should have. Th- that, so, but, but, but it's funny, though. It, the, the issue, as I understand it, and I'm not as involved in White Sox Twitter as everyone else. Stay out but, of White Sox business. Right. But it, it's been conflated to right field because there were a bunch of big position players that were there that you could just spend the money on. And I get it. But, like, I, I look at the rotation and I see bigger questions in the rotation yes. than I do in right field. Danny. And so all I'm saying is it seems to, when he says, I think we're good in right field, I can actually kind of understand where I, they're coming from. They're not, they're not good in right field, which has been a problem forever. For, for, and that's for a, a different time. conversation. Yeah. But there's four, there's four things. Backup catcher, Backup starting catcher, pitcher. starting pitcher, second base, and right field. And they've been the things for six months. Yeah. And no, you I, could, and you I could have addressed them. And even with some of the... I think that that Patrick Williams and Michael Kopech are very similar and that people are like, we don't know that this guy is good, but we think he's good. And I mean good in the role for Kopech as a starting pitcher. You have no data on him as a starting pitcher. And to drop him into the middle of a rotation because of the traits and say, no, we're good. We got that covered. And and now knowing that he's backed up because he had to deal with COVID – and knowing that Keiko is at the end, he's at the end, and Lynn is coming off an injury. There's a there's a lot that a a representative middle of the rotation starter like you're talking about 
would have made a lot of sense for the White Sox to do. But they're not going to do that. And it's, it, we're going to see early on every team is going through this, not just the White Sox. But you are going to get Reynaldo Lopez. Like you're gonna, he's gonna make more starts for you. Dylan Cease was really good last year until you needed him to be really good, and then he went to the zoo again, which is what he's done in his career. All I'm saying is that if the if the goal was to win a World Series, if you were willing to take the slings and arrows of hiring Tony Larusa after the ridiculousness with the DUI and put up with all of that nonsense. Why wouldn't you go for it? You're right there. This Why is the not moment. make your team as bulletproof as possible? It's absolutely the moment to do it. Like all the circumstances for a go-for-it financial investment that any team would ever want to point to are right here, right now as they are for the Phillies, and they're the Phillies going over and getting ready to spend the tax for the first time. The Red Sox are going over and spending the tax for the first time in three years. This, this is a moment when you're not the Dodgers to try and get yourself into that upper echelon. And How and great would the White Sox lineup look if Nicholas Castellanos is in it? It yeah. would look great. Of course, he makes every team in baseball better. How, how much better would their lineup look if Kyle Schwarber was was playing the outfield for them and in their lineup every day. Yeah, Schwarber a little tougher fit because you can't get any right field out of him. You, you don't want to. I mean, to. No, oh, oh, Speaks, they'll put anybody in right field, which is another <laughs> one of my problems. They'll put whoever, whoever can go. No, every anyone can play right field. Even the guy that you told us wasn't good defensively. Yeah. You know what? Let's have him play third base and second base and right field even though he's probably a left fielder, kind of, well, and really is a first baseman. The good news is the new guy here, the new Philly, the 25-year-old post-hype sleeper, is a, uh, is a very good defensive outfielder, very good defensive in center field, can play good defense in right field. So but he maybe can't it's, hit. I know, but maybe it's just him and Adam Engel, and you're hoping everybody else hits. And, and if everybody Adam Engel else can't hits, stay healthy. Yeah, well. You know, I mean, that, that's the guy I want to see get most of the innings out there. I agree. At this point. But, but we're, we're all waiting for the, the Adam Engel hamstring pull, right? And that's only going to change because AT is no longer the trainer. Is, is, that's what the White Sox are telling you, that, that Alan Thomas was the reason that they had all the hamstring pulls and not because of how wacky the last two seasons have been. What would you do with Andrew Vaughn? Because I said I'd, I personally think – that that guy's swing will translate. He will be a middle-of-the-order hitter. Not on this team, but that is what he will be. And I'd rather find 350 at-bats for him in the big leagues than 500 in the minors. And I'm that guy, Lawrence. I don't know if he's going to get 350. I don't uh, think every, he is. If everybody stays healthy, he did last year, and he didn't particularly show that he deserves it, um, Correct. frankly. That's 23, years, 23 years old. And that's the weird thing. He came up and he did have some clutch moments. Was killing it in spring, but then obviously he got hurt. Wasn't his OPS plus like 88 or 89, something yeah, like that? It, it was bad. He, he played through out. the injuries, though. He topped out at about a 792 OPS, ended up, I think, down at 702. That is correct. Uh, was, was the total? I, I think that's a guy who needs either... You know, 500 at-bats in the minor leagues or needs to be dealt. Um, Because asking him to do all of this offensive growth and sporadic work while playing outfield 
It, it's just it's an irrational ask. While really playing put him in a terrible, sp- terrible spot. Speaks. It's it's not just playing outfield. It's, it's playing right field. Play multiple positions. Mm. Hey, young man, who's just happy to be at the major leagues? We need you to be a Swiss Army knife. Not everyone is slated to be Leori Garcia. That, that, that's and that clearly wasn't Vaughn's profile coming up. It was kind of like, well, we can't put him at a, at a position that's a little bit more natural because we have a glut at that position, and no one's complaining about that glut. It's an MVP that's playing first base and that you're going to sometimes DH. You also have a catcher that can't catch, and he sometimes is going to need to be your DH. And when you bring up the concept of the backup catcher for this White Sox team, it's two guys that we all like but aren't very good. So – It doesn't cost a lot of money to go get that. And that's the thing that the positions that we're talking about, no one's saying go get Max Scherzer to to be in the rotation. Castellanos was 20 mil a year for five years. Castellanos would have been perfect for clubhouse and for the lineup. Begging to be done. That one right there. Absolutely begging to be done. Another righty. So I don't don't need the manager then talking down to me. And saying, well, that, that's what you get with him, man. Uh, for sure, <laughs> like, like, on, on every level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's just part of what you signed him for. But, but at, at the end of it, I don't need the manager telling me that I'm not a real fan of the team because I want the team to be better. Like the, it, it's antithetical, and and I, it just bugs me. It's it's exactly why like I didn't want this guy here. Because well, it's nonsense. It's, it's a sloppy version. Nonsense. It's a sloppy version of what he and a lot of managers have done their whole lives. It's us against the world, baby. We believe in our people. We don't need. We don't need that. At this point, everything that comes out of him though is sloppy and a little slow and a little old. Unless Rick Rubin is producing it, then it sounds really, really good. I think, but you know, it's it's just not the best version of that guy. So when he goes to those kind of places, it's really it, it's bothersome and it's ugly. They'd be more aggressive. I, I've referenced the 2015 Royals trade deadline. Came up short in 14. Knew the window wasn't going to last forever. Zobrist and Cueto. They went, they went all in. And you that, know what's funny, Danny, is that the guy they traded away, and I was like, oh, they shouldn't have given up Brandon Finnegan. He was just demoted by the White Sox today. Brandon Finnegan was in White Sox camp this whole time and got, and, and got demoted. So all I, those roads go back. Yeah, well, and I'm just like... I'm all for the super high standards for the team and hold them to it. They should be. They're they're still really damn good. Yes. There is no perfect roster, and I still think they are going to add because I still think it would be insane not to. You would have thought that it was insane to not add this offseason, I, too. I, I, I'm with you, and I... Hand up, I'm surprised they didn't add the starter. Like, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that one. I'm just saying... Let, I would imagine come July, August, there are significantly fewer holes on this White Sox team. Well, yeah, and they'll have a better idea. And look, they just they were super aggressive last year. It didn't work, but they were super aggressive. So, yeah, they'll be aggressive again. But by then, how good are the Twins? How emboldened right. are they? And I don't know. Are, and you're, are they you're, adding? You're a, a two-to-one favorite to win the division. I, okay. I still think that while there is some distance between them and the Twins and the Tigers – and the Royals, I do think that those three teams got good enough that there might have been wins that you were looking at that you can't look at anymore. Hey, man, the Tigers It might be four games, but 
Sure, it's possible. And, and, and the Tigers fit in like a real classic profile of a team that makes the surprise leap in the bonus year. They really do. With, with all those interesting young pitching arms, I mean, they could use... They could use another vet in the rotation, but, you know, and having added, um, added Baez and, you know, it, it just, it makes all the sense that they'd, they'd make a bit of a leap. So by then, how late is it? How late is it? And how, how much do you need at the deadline? And you don't have a lot to do with it. And who now, because it's expanded, who are you competing with now? And, and if you're, if you're talking about adding at the deadline, there might be more people that are involved in you no trying question. to get where, in free agency, you just could have gone and gotten the just people. Dollars. Just money. Of course. Just money. With and you don't really have a system to do very much anyway. It's pretty, it's pretty upsetting. That's all. And, <laughs> and I, I think they're going to win the division. I'm excited to see them. But to, to act like they, they have everything they need, I, I think is foolish in this window. And with what they did last year, speaks to speak to your point, I loved the approach, and I would say that it did work. It just They just didn't win the World Series, and that's okay. But now that you have that as the template of, of where things stand, and you go into this year, we all saw Dallas Keuchel. We saw it. Yeah. We saw him deflate as the season went on. To not fix that, to, to, to have the lottery ticket that is Kopech, he's got all the stuff. He's never, ever done this before. The problem is, Lawrence, I don't think it did work. Cesar Hernandez was worse than what they had been doing at second base. And Kimbrell and Hendricks could have worked, but they didn't handle it right. Didn't even well, let well, Kimbrell sniff the that? ninth. Tony. Exactly. Didn't even let Kimbrell you know, uh, sniff the ninth. So by the time he got to the playoffs, he didn't believe it himself. You didn't believe him. And then they picked up the option on him and couldn't trade him to, the, to this point. So it, it's, so you it's, might end up in that same situation again. Yeah. And there's uh, no reason to not have Liam close. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. I, forgot, I get it. I, I forgot the Tigers also got Michael Pineda. And I remembered Eduardo Rodriguez, but Michael Pineda there too means they now have, they have two veterans in that rotation. And if Torkelson starts the year as their first baseman and, and hits like crazy, they really do fit the, the breakthrough profile. Speaks, so. how much would you pay? How much would you pay to be behind the cage listening to Miguel Cabrera talk with Javier Baez about hitting? (laughs) I'd pay a lot of money to be able to listen to what Cabrera can can teach Baez. Ears open, Javi. Ears wide open, man. Really. You know, I, I I, I I hope he will be. Because uh, he's going to need it. He's going to need to adjust and have that game evolve or else that contract is going to look bad in like three, three and a half years. There's nothing the better to gone. me in baseball than the Miguel Cabrera setup. Oh, I'm going to let you strike me out on this pitch and then you're going to throw it again later. <laughs> and I'm 420 feet. Exactly. I love that. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, being able to talk about this White Sox. Oh stuff. yeah, no, you were passionate about it. Seems definitely wanted more out of you. Uh, Hubbard at four o'clock. He is at the uh, the owners' meeting. Hello, Daniel Norris will join us at some point in the next thirty to sixty minutes. We're told. Uh, most interesting man in baseball. He's been dubbed Cubs relief pitcher. He lives in a van. Big down s- by the river. We he's lived in a van Pretty everywhere. Much. 
Spartan, yeah. Spartan lifestyle guy. Um, really interesting, thoughtful dude trying to hang on and, and make it as a lefty reliever when he's not chasing the perfect wave as a surfer. Yeah, so Daniel, Daniel Norris uh, is going to share his vibes with us at some point uh, here coming up. Good vibes, babe. Yeah, the broken bulls and oh so much more. Lauren, yeah, yeah. It ain't great. It ain't great. But that's the show. Sounds like a show. Boys, have yourselves a time. I'll see you both tomorrow. All right. That's Lawrence Holmes. Tanny's open kicks us off. Parker to speak on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.